Chapter 17 of The Fortune Hunter, a novel of New York society by Anna Cora Mowat. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kelly Taylor. Thou here? It was not thou whom here I came to seek. Coleridge now my dear husband said mrs clinton to her liege lord as she was arranging their places in the china breakfast service you really must do something about this affair i know that brainard is a good-for-nothing idle dissipated penniless young fellow i know it on good authority and he shall not marry my daughter i hope not my dear but what can i do has he never even proposed for her did I not tell you that he had, my dear, and that Estelle told me herself that she was engaged to him and would marry him? It would break my heart to see her throw herself away in such a manner. There's young Edgar Chadwick. I would much rather see her his wife, and Mrs. Chadwick is such a delightful woman. She would be such pleasant company for me, and then the doctor would always be at hand, and there is not a physician in New York like him. Very good. You may arrange all that between yourselves. But why have you taken such a dislike to Mr. Brainerd? Did not Ellery tell us that his father left him a hundred thousand dollars? Yes, but I do not believe a word of it. A man came here after him the other day who looked for all the world like a collector. And what do you wish me to do? Merely to call upon him this morning, and so turn the conversation that he will be obliged to speak of his intentions towards Esther, then ask him what is the state of his circumstances, and let him know that, at all events, he shan't have your consent. A very pleasant errand, truly. You are so fond of management, wife, I wish you could manage it all yourself. "'Nonsense! Why can't you do it? Now promise me you will call upon him this very morning.' "'Certainly I will call upon him if you desire it. But men always make a bungling mess of such matters. We have not the tact of women. I will call upon and discover what I can do. For if your representation of Brainerd is a true one, he certainly shall not marry my daughter.' that is right now go be sure you give him his walking ticket that delightful mrs chadwick can't endure him nor can i mr clinton was one of those quiet systematic men who hate to have the daily routine they are accustomed to pursue interrupted and who have yet a greater hatred of all domestic dissension he knew that for the preservation of his household peace he must comply with his wife's request and therefore determined to pay a visit to mr brainard forthwith as he entered mr brainard's luxurious apartments that gentleman was sitting with his back to the door his head leaning upon his hands his brows knit his eyes glancing uneasily over a suspicious-looking strip of paper which lay on the table in front of him directly opposite to mr brainard sat another gentleman 
in an attitude of the most perfect ease and enjoyment with his club foot tenderly extended upon a chair he was puffing every once in a while a wreath of smoke through his nostrils and ejaculating with every puff capital cigar capital you're la norma capital my dear fella mr clinton advanced in front of the table before he attracted the attention of either gentleman mr brainard raised his eyes at the sound of the steps and arose confusedly from his seat mr clinton how how do you do how do you do how are you happy to make your happy to see you again i mean haven't forgotten me i hope did some business for you five years ago at the time of the great failures everything going to ruin then banks broken everybody blown up great country this great country mr badger rubbed his hands briskly together as though there was something exhilarating in his reflection upon these little disasters mr clinton returned his salutation with a bow and mr brainard glancing fiercely at badger placed a chair for his guest i'm afraid i have interrupted you said mr clinton oh uh, not at all replied brainard boldly i was only transacting a little business with mr badger here i have heard so much of his ingenuity that i had just determined to try his skill in the collection of some money for me which i had given up as lost i was just uh, looking over the account that's all my dear sir said badger before clinton could reply the exact truth i assure you pon honor my friend brainer compliments me too highly no perhaps he don't either flatter myself when i have a little business on hand there's no satisfying me till it's accomplished can't be done sir can't be done and mr badger struck the table with his fist to render his language more impressive and at the same time give a sidelong glance at mr brainard mr brainard said mr clinton rising my visit was merely one of accident or civility and as i find you engaged i will do myself the pleasure of calling again mr brainard was too much relieved to oppose mr clinton's departure although mr badger seemed greatly disposed to do so mr clinton however declined the polite invitations graciously given to him by the latter gentleman badger you will ruin me exclaimed brainard flinging himself into his chair you give me no peace you are my evil genius you you always interfere with my brightest prospects very sorry my dear fellow very sorry didn't mean anything of the kind quite a mistake of yours here comes mr ellery ah mr ellery how do you do just in time to comfort the afflicted my friend just wishing for you i know he was see it in his face mr badger was certainly possessed of the power of divination in this instance for brainard was much relieved by the entrance of mr ellery ellery let me say a word to you brainard drew his friend aside and then said in an undertone that fellow will ruin me ruin me at the very moment when my wishes are on the eve of accomplishment 
read this letter from esther clinton she said that her mother has discovered our engagement and opposes it but that she will fly with me to the utmost ends of the earth her father was here a moment ago and found this fellow sitting here with a cigar in his mouth, gloating upon his prey. Now, my friend, can you not assist me with the loan of a hundred dollars which will satisfy Badger for the present? If Esther remains in the same mood, you shall be repaid before next Sunday. Well, really, Brainerd, I don't like to refuse you, but this is quite out of my line i have only just money enough for my own expenses couldn't you raise the wind in any other way impossible i am the most infernally unlucky dog out of those cursed jews i have got all that i can get and unless you help me i do not know which way to turn remember that your money will be repaid to a certainty for esther swears that she will marry me i never do anything of the kind brainard but rather than see you miss your chance i will venture to satisfy badger for this once but remember there is to be no delay you are to take miss esther at her word and that instantly thank you thank you trust me i shall do as you desire Mr. Ellery approached the table, and, writing a few cabalistic words on a piece of paper, presented it to Mr. Badger, at the same time handing him his hat and saying, "'Mr. Badger, you must excuse us at the present. Mr. Brainerd is not very well.' "'Certainly, certainly. Brainerd, my dear fellow, hope to find you better when I call again. Must get well.' good morning mr ellery brainerd good morning to my dear fellow speedy recovery to you speedy recovery and now brainerd said ellery play your cards well be sure you don't miss a trick i believe in my soul that if you had not made such a fool of yourself about miss walton you should have been married to esther before this uh, miss walton do not mention her what so tender on the subject yet a pretty fool you would have made of yourself if you had married her i agree with keats that love is a hut with water and a crust is love forgive us cinders ashes dust yes but i never thought of marrying her i could not we will not talk of it at present by the way i intend upon calling on miss adair this morning two strings are surer than one miss esther may take a turn of filial heroism which will miss one string i shall still have another to draw my bow with you will have to draw a pretty long bow to bend it with the last one for miss adair is not wanting in shrewdness but pay her your divorce this morning by all means and just imagine her aria walton will you if it were only aria herself sighed brainard tush man you are mad get ready and i will walk part of the way with you while brainard was seated close by the side of miss adair upon her little sofa for the sofa was intended to hold two his thoughts reverted frequently to mr badger and at that very period by some strange chance 
Mr. Badger's thoughts were entirely engrossed by him and his interest. Mr. Badger had returned to his dingy office and was in the very act of waging war with the cobwebs which delicately tapestried his walls when Mr. Clinton honored him with a visit. Mr. Badger threw down the broom and acquitted himself in sustaining the part of a host, much to his own satisfaction. Mr. Clinton entered into conversation and soon made several ineffectual attempts to ascertain if his host had any knowledge of the state of Mr. Brainerd's affairs. But Mr. Badger was a man of honor. There were cases, some few cases, where he did not think it necessary to make public the concerns of his intimate friends. Mr. Badger's surprising indisposition to be communicative more than ever awakened Mr. Clinton's suspicions, and he was determined to satisfy himself by stratagem if he could not do so by other means. "'Perhaps you are not aware, Mr. Badger,' said he, "'that I have some interest in this young gentleman. If there are any demands against him, perhaps I may be of assistance.' "'Say no more! Just a liberal sort of fellow I took you to be,' said Mr. Badger, thrown quite off his guard." didn't know you had an interest in him, didn't I? Knew it all along. Knew your daughter myself. Pretty girl. Fine woman. Capital match. Capital. Then Mr. Brainer is somewhat embarrassed at present, is he not? Up to his teeth in debt. Hand you his accounts in a minute. Do business for almost all the people he employs. Livery stable bill? Oh, poser. Write me a little check for that, and you'll be doing a good action. A good action. Just what I expected of you. Very much obliged. Here's a paper, sir. Here's ink. Pen don't want nibbing. Just the man I took you to be. You must excuse me at present, Mr. Badger. On second thoughts, I fancy it will be best to talk this matter over with Mr. Brainerd. Mr. Clinton, having obtained the information he wanted, rose and hastily left the office. "'Why, the old hunks!' said Mr. Badger, looking after him. "'Didn't shell out after all. He's a deep one. Got all he wanted out of me and never showed me the color of his shiners. Too bad. Too bad. No gratitude. Write that man down as no gentleman.' End of chapter 17